four of the largest OEMs out there have a specific department looking at graphite and it's an area of concern. We will be the largest player outside China. And what we're gonna produce is gonna be without a carbon footprint. We obviously are not happy with where the share price sits, but it's also an opportunity. We are specifically now developing our product so it can fit into most, if not all of the major battery makers in the world. Welcome back to Rockstock Channel and thanks for checking in. Before we launch into the interview, we'd like to thank all our Patreon sponsors. And for those of you who are new, share a bit about us. RK Equity is an advisory firm run by Rodney Hooper and me, Howard Klein. We are exclusively focused on raising awareness about companies producing or developing the next generation critical raw materials that are powering Tesla's EV battery energy transition. Please register your email at rkequity.com and follow Rodney and me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Please also subscribe to this channel, Rockstock Channel on YouTube, as well as Lithium Ion Rocks on SoundCloud for our podcasts. Please note, Rodney and me are not financial advisors or broker dealers. Nothing you hear in this video is investment advice. Please do your own research and read the disclaimer at the end of this video or on our website. Thanks again for the support and let's get into the video. It is um, Wednesday, October 6th, and we have on for a second time on Fransden, the, a managing partner at Pallinghurst, a major private equity group, but he's also the chairman of Nouveau Monde Graphite, which is uh, going to be the major focus of today's talk. We last interviewed you, Arnie, it was in December, uh, and you had just taken over the keys of Namaska. Before we start on Nouveau Moon, could you just give us an update? There's been a lot of activity into Quebec of late. Uh, you know, North American Lithium was bought uh, and Moblan was now bought both by Sayana and, and in North America's case, a joint venture with Piedmont Lithium. One thing we did announce, we moved the beneficiation plant to Bacon and we have secured the, the land where we want to build it on. So... Bacon core is becoming ever more important in our life. We are obviously right now building the first commercial line of, 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 of shaped, purified and coated graphite. Uh, and we have our, our place where we're gonna have the expansion. So both our graphite and our lithium will be produced in Bacon core. I looked up back in core uh, before this call and I saw that uh, Air Liquide, um, you know, built a hydrogen uh, plant there earlier this year. Uh, what is it about back in core? Is back in core like Quinana, you know, in Western Australia? It is where they previously had the nuclear plant. It is where Olin has the chlorine plant. So this is a proper, maybe one of the best in North America industrial parks where they have infrastructure, safety, and everything to deal with things like nuclear, fine chemicals, and also more challenging chemicals, as well as what we will be doing. So, so we have all the infrastructure. It's under Lawrence, so you can actually ship in and out. Uh, and it's also on only a, 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 a train ride away from Buffalo. Within the Quebec context of being a, a significant, you know, battery materials player, they have the mines in Quebec, but Becancourt seems to be the the, the processing hub uh, that that Quebec Absolutely. and you are, are trying to create there. Okay. 
Nouveau Monde, this time last year uh, after Battery Day, along with many other graphite stocks, lithium stocks, nickel stocks, was on a tear, you know, all the way until around February, March. Uh, you're somewhat unique in the in the graphite space in that you're the only one that's listed in the U.S. properly. From around the time you took that decision to the time you, you executed it, right, the stock has has come down some 70%. What happened in your mind? What has happened? And we've seen this happen with a lot of other clients, Lithium Americas, you know, over a five to 10 year time frame, things get overvalued, they get undervalued, you know, as long as you're executing and, and the business is progressing, you know, the stock will take care of itself. By the way, it needs to be said, and Rodney and I are advisors too, uh, Nouveau Monde, you know, and investors in. So we're interviewing Arnie uh, to, to you know, help educate, you know, investors about, you know, the investment thesis here, but nothing uh, that we're saying here is uh, investment advice uh, or financial advice. So, so do your own research. In our view, there's a disconnect. We talked about, you know, the SPACs being overvalued last year. Uh, a lot of lithium companies and battery material companies, you know, undervalued, you know, that gap's closed a bit, but with respect to graphite and Nouveau Monde, doesn't seem to be well understood. Help us understand, you know, the logic behind the listing. What, what, what do you think has happened? And and as Palinhurst, as major shareholder, what do you see, you know, on the horizon, you know, to give comfort to to any shareholders out there or prospective investors? Mining is 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 never a straight line if you look at valuation. Chemical plants are no di different in that respect. When we early in the year made the decision to, to list in on the NYSE. First of all, we believed in that there is a first mover advantage. We believe that the US capital market long-term will be the place for all battery materials or all major battery materials. That's where the capital sits. That's where the educated investors will be. We wanted to be the first graphite player in the market. And, and we had reasons for that. We believe objectively, if you were to compare us with all the peers you can find within the graphite world, if you look at where some of the other deposits are, they are in a little bit more challenging jurisdictions. The second thing we think that's very important is that we use 100% green electricity coming from Hydro-Quebec. Again, if you look at where others are, that will be a challenge for them. Lastly, having the input and the investment directly from the government, and, and they are very supportive, we think that is very important too. And by us taking the position, being there, any of our competitors wanting to list on the NYSE will automatically be compared to us. And we think we stack up quite nicely on that. There is, of course, and we have, we have realized that the challenge that the graphite market is not very well understood. Everyone understands the cathode part of a, of a battery, but what people maybe don't appreciate is that you cannot have a single battery without the anode. And the anode is consisting today and in the future of predominantly uh, graphite material. In, in the future, lithium ion batteries will have an anode that predominantly is consisting of graphite. So there is an education that needs to take place. Uh, we, we, we obviously are not happy with where the share price sits, uh, but, but it's also an opportunity because we have now commenced the educational process to the investors. 
once that has been broader understood, what the anode part means, the fact that we, we will be the largest player outside China is important both geopolitically, but also just in general kind of supply chain management. You don't want to be dependent on one country. You want to have kind of like spread your risk. We're also sitting right on the top of, of the North American battery platform. So from a logistics point of view, from a carbon footprint point of view, it is very easy for us to distribute throughout the US. We have also spent a lot of energy in, in investing into R&D. We have commissioned and opened uh, our own in-house lab where we have more than a handful of, of specialized PhDs from all over the world, as well as nearly 20 engineers working constantly on improving and, and specializing our graphite that, that can then go into the different customers. I mean, right now, we obviously are under confidentiality agreements with, with all of the producers, as you can imagine. But we are specifically now developing our product so it can fit into most, if not all, of the major battery makers in the world. Nuvomon Graphite is a 284 million market cap. You have 86 million in cash. This compares to, you know, let's say, most of these companies, almost all of them are pre-revenue. Uh, with the exception of maybe you know MP materials, but companies like Sigma Lithium, they're a spodumene producer. Piedmont is uh, 850 million. Standard Lithium has a billion market cap. You know they're a technology story with only 30% ownership and only 19 million dollars you know in cash. Um, you have a strong cash balance. You know, you're trading at let, let's say one fourth of what a pre-production kind of lithium company is trading at, and the dynamics behind graphite are as good or better than lithium. I have a chart here from the World Bank. Whenever they show the, the, the multiples of demand uh, for a metal due to the EV revolution, it's always lithium and graphite you know, are the top two. Uh, there's a question and a difference between natural and synthetic. We're gonna get into that. But in my view, investors don't understand graphite in part because there are no USA players like there are in lithium. You have Albemarle, you have Livent, you have SQF. You, every quarter, English language producers uh, speaking to the market, you know, sell and buy side, and investors have had an opportunity through that to get to understand what are the dynamics of the lithium market. In addition to that, Every week we get fast markets and we get, you know, plats sending us what is the price of spodumene, the price of carbon, the price of hydroxide. I don't get that for graphite. Roddy put together his note in part to help educate investors about this. And he looked at it through like a lithium prism. So a hard rock lithium mine that goes from spodumene, let's say to hydroxide is similar to a flake graphite mine going to coded spherical graphite, you could think about it in the same way. And the, your objective is the same objective as Piedmont lithium to be vertically integrated. And you have a forecasted EBITDA of some 200, 250 million and by 2025, you know, 500 million plus by 2028, you know, as investors start to understand that and you're on the path, you know, to those milestones, that's no different than 
you know, an EV maker, right? Or a LIDAR player or any of these other guys on the scoreboard who are pre-revenue or QuantumScape for that matter, right? They, it, QuantumScape is very, very far in the future, whether or not solid state's going to succeed, you know, but the market is affixing a much higher valuation to that company, you know, but no one really knows about solid state, you know, but QuantumScape is out there now as a public company telling the market about uh, solid state. And you and Nouveau Monde are now telling the market about coated spherical graphite, right? You know, at a mine, your NYSE, your capital raise was led by Evercore, you know, world-class investment bank. Uh, Roth Capital also covers your stock. B. Riley covers your stock. You know, they've all come out with, you know, recommendations after the placing. But, um, you know, Rodney wrote this note uh, and, and I'd like him to talk a little bit about some of the things that are, are similar, you know, in the comparison to lithium, but also some of the more positive benefits uh, of graphite that you, you don't have to deal with, um, you know, in lithium. You know, the so, one thing I think that's absolutely critical, and you, you talk about the US, is if you can produce a coated, you know, uh, high purity spherical graphite product, then you go straight to the cell manufacturer, you don't have to send it to the cathode. All of the other um, battery metal producers have to send their product to Asia to go to a cathode manufacturer and then get it sent back again. So that's a huge benefit that you have. Um, zero carbon, it's not that we don't think that DLE and other clean alternatives will, won't have their day. But right now, the process that you're going through and the likely proving to commercial scale is to my mind quite a lot easier than what the guys are trying to do in the lithium space. And yet your capex and your opex and your profit margin are very much equal to half what it is for lithium. So, uh, you know, if you're gonna do a 45,000 ton coated, you know, plant, then, you know, that's the equivalent of 22,500 tons of, of hydroxide. Um, and most of those companies are, you know, trading at multiples of, of Nouveau Mon. So I'm seeing a disconnect, whereas, you know, as you said, you know, if you can produce at the commercial line, that, that's, to my mind, a step well ahead of, of somebody producing a few hundred tons trying to jump to 30,000 or 25,000 or whatever it is in lithium. Lithium is irreplaceable. In the battery, a solid state battery can have no graphite. How, how big a threat really is solid state in terms of taking market share in the future? Right now, we have trillions of dollars that's being put in to lithium ion battery gigafactories all over the world. Okay. And what you're telling me is that in 20 years time, you're just going to tear them all down and then we're going to build some new one for solid state. It ain't going to happen. In some way, we are right now where the lithium players were five, five years ago, where it's not fully understood. But if you just take, just make it simple. There is not a battery that's going to get in any car without an anode. There's not a simple anode that can be produced, a single anode that can be produced without graphite. It's that simple. And right now, all the graphite that's going into the battery's anode sites, it's coming from China. 
And I don't say that it's bad, they're very good at it and all of that, but I'm saying that from a supply chain management, geopolitical risk and whatever, it doesn't seem to make sense for a US-based cell manufacturer of EV to get his anode from China, where it's not being produced at a zero carbon footprint uh, profile as, as we will be doing. To some extent, the success of QuantumScape in advertising their narrative has uh, hurt the graphite narrative because um, they're selling this dream. At some point in time, someone is going to sit down and say $3 trillion is being spent on gigafactories that's producing not solid state, but lithium ion batteries. All of these batteries will have an anode. All of these anodes will have graphite in them. End of story. And we're sitting down now saying it. And uh, in the here and now, Rodney's made the point that the, um, the increased uh, popularity of LFP uh, mm -hmm. is, you know, reinforces the graphite narrative. If you start doping, you know, silicon into the anode of LFP, it can potentially risk cycle life. There can be cycle life um, implications. So LFP is more likely to stick to majority graphite in its cathode. All car manufacturers are right now going down the lithium ion path. Everyone is, the gigafactories that are being built is on that technology. QuantumScape told the market when they went public uh, that not to expect EBITDA until like, I don't know, 2027, 28, right? So very far in the future. Uh, nevertheless, um, they manage, they have $1.6 billion in tank um, and a 10 billion market cap. Uh, so such a, is the opportunities and disconnects. Uh, markets aren't always efficient, especially in speculative you know, pre-revenue stories. But I just want to re-emphasize um, Rodney's point compared to lithium uh, uh, vertically, like SQM and West Farmers are building a 50,000 ton plant. And I think the, the CapEx is now up to like 1.4 billion. Is that right, you know, Rodney? And your it's CapEx, more. it's more than 1.4 billion for 50,000 tons of bat battery quality lithium hydroxide. Your plant is gonna make 45,000 tons of coated spherical graphite, right? Sort of equivalent to lithium hydroxide for seven, 765 million CapEx integrated with your mine in a similar way. So Rodney's, that's Rodney's point is that for the same kind of output, it's half the CapEx. And the EBITDA yeah, but... forecast is, you know, whatever, 265 million, you know, by 2025. Yeah, it's and then you can scale you're, beyond you're that. Selling, you're selling coated spherical for about 7.3 or 7.5, which is about half what hydroxide will sell for. Yeah, but again, that's, it's, that's a snapshot price. I mean, what is the price of spotamine lithium? It was $400 some time ago. It's not $400 any longer. Okay, so you put in, what is the revenue? What is the price per ton going to be in five years' time? And then you create your EBITDA. What I would rather say is that we will produce very profitable, shaped, purified, coated graphite. And the upside lies in obviously in that it will be priced differently in the future. 
sense? How does an investor get any sense of what the graphite price is on a weekly, monthly basis? That's very difficult because uh, a lot of it would be covered by contracts and a lot of it uh, will be to the specific specification of the end user. Benchmarks start giving, giving prices on it. And I think that we will see, again, I, I see the same. Graphite is where lithium were four years ago. How do you think about uh, negotiating a price with an anode graphite material buyer? You make very sure that the product that you are producing meets their specifications. And then uh, you, you don't enter into very long-term fixed pricing. You've got a commercial plant size that you're putting in now to, to prove on the coating side, which yeah. is about 2,000 tons per annum, I think. Yeah. That's right, Rodney. I mean, I was in, in Quebec last week and spent the week going through our, uh, our commercial line, which we are commissioning as we, as we speak. And uh, it is quite fascinating to think that this is the first such thing outside of Asia. We have built it and it's not a, a test plant. This is a real commercial line. Yes, it, it only has 2000 tons per annum capacity, but it will be exactly the same when we get to 40,000. We will just build that next door and it will basically de facto be 20 of the same, okay? So that means now that what we produce can be given and will be given to the anode makers in the batteries and it would be identical with what we can deliver to them for the next 60 years so if you take that commercial line that is doing shaped purified coated graphite we can take that in to all the ev makers and battery makers and they can test it and because of the consistency we have in our mind in, 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 in Saint-Michel de Saint, it, it, it is for the next 40 years, we can deliver the same product. And that has enormous value. We could have gone out at this point in time and already have uh, signed offtake agreements like many uh, ambitious companies have done. We decided against that because all you can really say in an agreement with a battery maker is that if what you produce qualifies and if they want to buy it, they can buy it. And it typically comes with a certain percent discount to what the market is. What we can say now is that we have a plant that is taking the graphite we have in the ground, we enriched it, we then put it in, we shape it, purify it, coat it, and give them the final product that we will continue to give them for the next 50 to 60 years. That is, in my mind, a, a, a big difference between what we are doing. So in terms of price discovery, who is, you know, if demand is X and supply is Y, who's going to fill as demand? China. Pushes? So it, it will be China. And China and will be the one that is, at, at, at the end of the day, the majority will still be produced in China. So if you want non-Chinese material, New Vermont is one of the very few people that can deliver that to you. Um, the synthetic versus uh, natural 
um, conversation. On the graphite scoreboard, every single company is a natural graphite player with the exception of Novonics, which is synthetic. Um, it's been high most of the year, but it's now nearly a 2 billion US market cap. Its market cap is bigger you know, than the next 10 natural graphite hopefuls combined. We've done two videos uh, with Matt Fernley and also Jordan Gisagi. Elon Musk is always talking about reducing steps in the manufacturing process to make something more sustainable. So the synthetic graphite process has three more steps than the natural graphite process here. Um, shows crude oil production to green coke to calcined pet coke to graphitization to uncoated synthetic graphite. Whereas in natural, it just goes flake graphite to uncoated, you know, and then you both get to kind of coated spherical. The natural graphite is going to grow by 2030 uh, to a 2.8 million ton market, whereas synthetic is going to be 1.4 million tons, right? So the, the growth in natural is uh, much, much faster. So the UBS uh, data point here, which just shows commodity demand growth, you know, multiples of current demand, you know, lithium's at 11 times, and then it's natural graphite, you know, that they have as seven times. They're not saying graphite overall, they're saying natural graphite specifically. So we were talking earlier that when, when, you, when you mention a graphite anode, it's not like this anode is all natural or all synthetic. It's a combination of both. But today it's almost in an EV battery, it's almost exclusively coming from synthetic and that is more expensive and it is a fossil fuel derivative. And if going back to Novonics, Novonics stock soared, in part they have a Tesla halo with Jeff Don. I don't know Novonics really well, but just as an observer of it, they really um, you know, played on that. But what really got the stock going was when Phillips 66, an American oil company, um, which has an emerging energies venture, um, invested $150 million directly into them. Uh, and they're also a major pet Coke supplier. So like th that story very much seems to be, it's definitely not zero carbon, <laughs> right? You know, with, with, in, in lithium, you have all of these DLE players like Vulcan and Standard Lithium, and there's this unbelievably big movement you know, to zero or low carbon, you know, but here you have in the graphite space, really a partnership between, you know, that's going to sustain, you know, the, the production of pet coke or needle coke. So I, I don't get it. There's like a there's, a, there's lots of disconnects in the market. There's a disconnect here on the ESG low carbon, but it shows that there's appetite for graphite, right? Cause that stock has gone up. Like why is there appetite for dirty graphite, you know, but not natural graphite? Graphite is in a way, a, a new super material that is, that is coming out every two. I mean, it's been used for other things as well from lubrication to, to, to some very high tech things to, to, graphene to others. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of things, but it's a kind of like a new super material that, that, is, that, is, that is out there. You mentioned one company that's doing uh, synthetic uh, graphite and that is soaring. But well, maybe that is because that they are one of the few alternatives to dirty Chinese synthetic graphite. 
if the mix is going to be in the future, I mean, based on, on what, what you said, Howard, it it's kind of sounds to me like two thirds natural, one third synthetic uh, in, in, in the future. If, if that is the case, well, then there is some synthetic that, that is needed, uh, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it is dirty graphite. It's not green natural graphite. We are doing it in a more sustainable fashion, and we are doing it in, in a fashion that will allow us to produce this for decades to come. And, and that is really the big difference. If you look at the growth within the EVs, and it, it really doesn't matter whose report you take down, it will increase tenfold over a short period of time. So if you look at just the quantum that is required, I mean, that we are gonna produce 100,000 tons of flake. That's gonna get us to the 45, or, or maybe we can get to 50,000 tons of, 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 uh, of, of, of anode material. But there's gonna be like 10 of us and we're going to be the largest in the Western world. It's going to be 10 of us in order to meet all the demand. Mm -hmm. So when people fully understand that, you can, you, can, you can pat yourself on the back that you have secured all the cobalt and all the nickel and all the lithium and you're a rock star. But if you don't have the graphite, you are simply not getting a battery in the car. I guess one of the key things for natural versus synthetic is having a standardized or meeting the same spec and consistency. So, I mean, what you're saying then is you're comfortable that, that Nouveau Monde, you know, using natural graphite will get to the same quality standards and, and, uh, and beyond. That, yes. I, I have no debate I, to me, to me, Rodney, there's really no, no doubt in my mind. Do you think that uh, that OEMs in your experience are, start, are beginning to understand the challenge ahead regarding EV supply chains? And if so, what concrete steps are, can we expect to see from them? Four of the largest OEMs out there have a specific department looking at graphite. And we are in contact with them. And it is obviously an area that they're focused on, and it's an area of concern. My, in my view, natural graphite will play a, an increasing role. It is uh, also financially beneficial, and uh, there are a lot of benefits in, in using natural, especially if you can do it like we can, uh, uh, zero carbon footprint uh, graphite. It's you, you, you want to have the green sustainable material in your anode and in your batteries and in your cars. So I have no doubt that OEMs are, are taking this very seriously. And uh, I would not be surprised if we see a number of them taking strategic positions in order to get the material they need going forward. Is, is it, you know, from a footprint perspective, graphite is a, a large part of the weight of a battery. So very much so. Shipping it from another side of the world is it, it comes with a, with an on a on a price to carbon footprint basis. It's a lot higher than some of the other materials. Absolutely. So if you were if you put your Giga factories in North America, 
and we can deliver to you a carbon neutral product in the right quantum, it has to be a, uh, an attractive proposal. And, and just to clarify on that, you guys, well, uh, Nouveau Monde is looking to do that on a cost competitive basis. It's not like you need no, subsidy. It's, it's because Listen, it's natural. And just, you're getting just, it from Matawin, it's competitive. Just, just see who we are partnering with. We are partnering with Hydro Quebec, it's got more patents in batteries than anyone else. We are partnering with Olin, the world's largest chlorine producer in Beckencore. And, and we are partnering with uh, an, another te technology provider, let me just put it this way at this point in time, uh, that, is, that is in there because they do understand how important this is. You, 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 you won't find, I mean, if you just take our Caterpillar pick Nouveaumont as the first partner for a fully electrical fleet. Why? Because they like our project and because they can see us being the right partner and the showcase for them in doing a fully electrified fleet within an open pit mine. Today, it was just on the tape that GM and GE uh, announced a collaboration on rare earths, copper, and e-steel, right? Uh, sourcing yeah. these things. And then there's going to be more. So I haven't heard copper or e-steel. I'm wondering, you know, I mean, GM mentioned, you know, a, a small investment in a geothermal lithium, um, you know, but can graphite be, you know, next? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, so you have a 765 million, you know, capex need. You have 86 million in the bank. Uh, Rodney alluded to the possibility that you might get a grant in, in the way that Lion Energy, the Quebec, you know, bus maker, got. Could you explain, you know, that as a possibility, and then how you see uh, financing, you know, the overall project, um, you know, taking into consideration, you know, the equity should be a lot higher right to to finance that portion of it yeah. um, so it's non-dilutive we, we are not we are not going out to raise equity for this expansion i mean we have a number of discussions uh, with people that can provide project finance some of them are linked into the offtake some of them are linked into making sure that the country which the bank is located in will get the material that will then go into their batteries. So there are a lot of creative ways that you can actually fund this. And you don't need all of it up front. You need some of it up front. You will then start getting revenues. So the overall need for CapEx will also be funded through internally generated cash flows. So I'm, I'm not in any hurry at all. And, and we have no plans at this point in time, to go in and, and, and look at any further equity funding. We went out there. It was, it was expensive for us to, to, to raise the, the $70 million that, uh, that we wanted to raise at this point in time. That was also why we capped it at that level. So now what we need to do is to put that money to work, plus the other sources of capital that is non-dilutive. And then, uh, then we will see a re-rating and... Uh, a proper return that our shareholders deserve.
But do, do you think this grant uh, that Lion Energy received, I don't know what Quebec entity that was, but is, is that something that's a possibility? The, I mean, the Quebec government has been out saying that it is of paramount importance to their future to create a battery hub in Quebec. We have two of the key materials to that. Graphite is one of them. And they are a direct shareholder. If you, if you look at, at who our shareholders are, I cannot say that we will get a grant as well. Of course, it's a privilege to receive, but assume that we have the right discussions with the right people about the right size of grants and very favorable uh, fundings. Rodney in his note here put some kind of like milestones over the next kind of 12 to 48 months. Q3, which is now over, was the purification plant operational. Um, Correct. Achieved. Achieved. Okay, great. Coding pilot plant commissioning uh, by Q1 of 2022. That's the 2000 ton plant. Yep. Qualification of anode material with offtake parties, Q2, Q3, 2022. Is that still your target? Okay. Absolutely. Binding binding take or pay offtake agreements with tier one counterparties also by Q2, Q3 next year. If I can get the terms that I want. Of course, I will enter into an agreement, but I'm right. not going to kill shareholder value by getting into the wrong agreement. Uh, further construction of the downstream anode plant at Beckencore by Q3, Q4, 2022, commissioning the mine yep. in 2023, and then you know making this coated spherical, you know graphite, you know anodes um, by 2024, 25. That's right. basically the plan. But the near-term catalyst, qualifying the material, you know, hopefully signing an offtake that you like sometime mm-hmm. in the next six to nine months. Um, Something that adds value to our shareholders. Correct. But also, you will continue to produce the 2,000 tons right sure. the way through. And that gives revenue too. Correct. You know, I don't want to belabor the point. Um, and again, we're, we're not financial advisors and it's not financial advice, but you know, for this stock to be such a darling, um, you know, a year ago and into March, and then to suddenly, you know, fall over in the way it has, after doing what we advise our clients all the time, come to the United States, show that you're, you know, fully transparent, you know, attract, because it's hard to raise all this money in Canada. So you're in the biggest capital market, you know, people get the joke, they understand these charts where graphite is right next to lithium, it's more important than cobalt, you know, from a uh, you know, quantum of new supply to come on stream. Is what, what's the total market? Was it 3 billion, 4 billion total size of, of graphite? Is that right? You know? Yeah, but it also depends on, on, on what graphite you're, you're using, but that's about right, yes. Okay, and that's where lithium was just a couple of years ago, and now lithium may be like, you know, it's like 10 billion, but you know, the, the trajectory is, is very big. The, the standards that they put lithium companies to on this ESG and sustainability, you know, pedestal, right. the, the, the premiums that are, are being affixed today to unproven technologies based on the, you know, tantalizing sustainability concept is, is incredible. Right. You know, for lithium and there's and a lot of it's, you know, in on the U.S. exchange, as we as we mentioned in standard lithium's case, but also in Australia, you know, so the Canada and America need to kind of come and understand that, you know, the technology risk of what you're doing is much lower than what is out there, not just for lithium, but some of those other EV SPACs that I'm showing and the sustainability attributes are as good or better, you know, from 
you know, Hydro-Quebec and everything that you, you discussed. Significantly better. Hopefully this message will resonate, you know, with our viewers. You'll be telling the story elsewhere, um, again, through Evercore and B. Riley and, and Roth. And I'm sure that there'll be other investment banks, you know, now that you're here in the United States. We're hopeful that, uh, you know, the work that Rodney and ourselves are doing will, will help educate and, um, you know, get them to kind of dig in deep into, you know, a great undiscovered story. That's on the sell side. And then, of course, retail and institutional buyers could be well ahead of, you know, the institutions and do, do their own work. We will be the largest player outside China. And what we're going to produce is going to be without a carbon footprint. And we're going to deliver that material for decades to come. That's good enough. That's great. And uh, final thing, just uh, look at the last video we did with Arnie. He represents, he's the chairman of, um, of Nouveau Monde. He's a managing partner of Pallinghurst, a very deep pocketed uh, private equity venture capital group for mining that has a track record of delivering nine successes um, in their history. And uh, they see things through. Out of and, nine. Out of nine. Nine out of nine. Uh, nine, out of nine. <laughs> So you're, you know, the, the company is in is in good hands, uh, which is a big differentiating factor as well, you know, compared to some of the other natural graphite players, you know, on, on our scoreboard. Um, you know, the synthetic graphite, Novonix, is, a, is an interesting story and it, it has very good backing, you know, and we wish them all the best. But Nouveau Monde, you know, you guys were a similar market cap, you know, all, not all that long ago. And this dichotomy is, is not explainable for any real reasons. So with that, I will let you get to your next meeting. Arne, it was a pleasure and privilege once again. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Rodney. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, Arne.